Welcome again to another installment here of our of our teaching. Uh, again, my name is Dan Takoda, and today I'm going to be teaching on. Uh, we're going to look at Second our First Kings chapter two today. Um, now I want us to kind of look at this message as. Well, I want to title it "Observe the Requirements." Now, the reason I say that is because in this passage here, we find that David is passing away, and he's he's got Solomon coming up to him one last time here. Uh, and he is going to give Solomon a charge. And there's a lot of good things in this passage that we can look at. But I want us to really dwell in on chapter on verse 3 today of this section. So if you come with me, I'm going to invite you in and take a look at 1 Kings 2. Uh, we're going to start in verse 1, though. It says, As the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. I am going where everyone on earth must go today. Let me try that again, sorry. I am going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. He told me, if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, this is a really interesting passage, I think, because, like I said, we get a lot of we get some charges in here, uh, but we get a lot of the look of of what it takes to, in essence, according to David here, be a man or be a follower of Christ. And we've been talking about how in John chapter ten, how Jesus says, "My sheep know me; they they know my voice. I know them, and they follow." We talked about that specifically uh, the last time we got together here, about that passage. And, and so I want us to kind of take a look at this passage in essence uh, in relationship to that. Because what we find here is there is, there is more of a detail of what does it mean to follow. See, Jesus is saying that his sheep know his voice. He knows them and they follow. They follow what he's asking them to do. We talked about how when they say, when, when God says to go right, they go right. And when he says to go left, they go left. And they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. But this passage kind of breaks it down a little bit more as to what exactly does following mean. So look at with me one more time. We are in, in verse 3 specifically. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. So again, we're seeing all, not just some, all of the ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. So I took a moment to look up some of these words in the actual Hebrew here. So observe the requirements. This means uh, the way we break it down in from, from the Hebrew there is hedge or, uh, or observe can also mean retain. It can mean watch, celebrate, keep. 
All right, so let's, let's take the word keep there, right? Keep the requirements. Well, what exactly are the requirements? These are those obligations that we are told to, to keep. These are those, those charges that God has given us. These are the functions that God wants us to move within. So we have a little bit of an understanding. Now, what does it mean to observe the requirements? It means to keep all these things, these obligations that we have made to God. That's part of this following that we're supposed to be doing, part of this obeying that we're supposed to be doing. But then he goes on and, and he talks here. Uh, where am I? Uh, verse 3, follow all his ways. So we're supposed to observe the requirements. We're supposed to follow all his ways. Follow. I love how this breaks down from the Hebrew, is to walk, to proceed, to carry, to live. Live all his ways. Live, make a habit, is another way we can look at it. Make a habit out of his ways. Well, what are his ways? It's the course for our life. So live the course that he has given us for our life. Sounds an awful lot to me like following. Sounds an awful lot to me like what God is asking us to do when he says that his sheep know his voice, they listen, they, they obey. Sounds an awful lot like that, doesn't it? Live his course of life. I break it down even more here. It says the next part, keep the decrees, the commands, the regulations, and the laws written in the law of Moses. So he's referring back to the Torah again. We talked about how the Torah was the first five books of the Bible. We talked about how that really is the law. And, and last time we got together, we talked about the hedging that really that is, that, 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 where, that the, where the parent is saying, play in the yard because that's where the safety is. But don't play on the outskirts there because there's, I can't guarantee the safety there. Right? We step out of the yard, it's the same as if we step out of God's will, we lose that protection. We see this is exactly what happened in David and Goliath. Why was it that David had a victory over Goliath? God ordained it. Why? Because Goliath was not walking in God's ways. He was not walking in that, that yard of protection. And so sure enough, David was able to take him out. Think about that. Everyone in the Bible who wasn't walking in God's ways... They were easy prey. I hope you're not. I hope you're not easy prey. But anyway, looking at this part again. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God. Follow all his ways. We've looked at that. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses. So what exactly are these regulations? Are these, are these decrees and such? Well, to, again, the word keep there is the same word that we saw with the word observe. So we know that this is technically, it translates correctly. Keep, keep what? Keep the statutes, the ordinances, keep the limitations is what decrees means. Keep the, keep the limitations that God has given us as a result of all this. Keep these. Keep these, uh, the word commands. It's actually the word in Hebrew, it's mitzvah. Right, and the and the the plural will be mitzvot, but it's the commands. It's the same as where we get the Ten Commandments from. Those Ten Commands. Now there are more than just Ten Commands throughout the Torah. There's actually 613. Um, if you look at all those laws, and some of them uh, refer only to certain situations. So so there they were given Moses throughout the books of Genesis through Deuteronomy gave a total of 613 commands. 
right? These mitzvot are the ones that, that God is saying, keep these commands. This is, this is one of the ways that you follow me. Well, David's repeating this. Keep the commands that God outlined in the book of Moses, the book of the law. We have um, regulations. We're supposed to keep the regulations. We're supposed to keep the laws. The laws of the land, the laws that God has established. We're supposed to keep these things, the commands, the laws, the decrees, the regulations. We're supposed to keep these things. And this is exactly what David is charging Solomon with. Because then he says there is a promise that was attached to it. Well, if we think about our own selves, there is a promise that is attached to our doing God's will as well. What is that promise? Well, we looked at that yesterday, when we were, or last time, when we were looking at John, uh, John 10. It was about how if we are walking in these ways, if we are listening to his voice and we are, and we are walking in obedience, that there was that eternal life. There was that promise of life. And in this case here, David is pretty much saying the same thing, that if, we do, if, if you do these things, then the promise that God gave me will actually happen. What was that promise? In verse 4 here it tells us that there would be a descendant on the throne. It says, If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. He told me, If your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, then one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, I'll be honest with you. My favorite books in the Bible are First and Second Kings. Because I love how we see the transitioning from one king to another. We have those who, back from my days when I was uh, studying, walked through the Bible in college there, they changed it up a little bit on the new one. But on the original one where I took, it talked about how we had this, this alphabetical, numeric uh, little ditty that we could remember that tell us about the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah, right? So again, it's all alphabetical and numeric. So we have Israel, Judah, right? Israel, Judah, we had uh, the number of kings, 19, 20. The number of good kings, um, 0, 8. Right? North, south. So we knew which direction the, the, the kingdoms were in as well. But if you think about that, Israel, which is the part that broke off, they, they were not the descendants of David. They're the part that broke off. They had 19 kings and 0 of them were good. And Israel was one of the first it was the first of the two to go because of their unfaithfulness. God, God told them multiple times through multiple different prophets, get, your, get, get yourself straight. And no, they didn't do it. But if we look at the other side, if we look uh, after David came Solomon, after Solomon came Rehoboam, and then you have this legacy here, you had 20 kings, and eight of those kings were good. And in the end, this is where all the, this is where all the problem was. God was merciful. He gave his, uh, Judah a couple extra years there because of some of the good kings that happened in there. But it, he, he kept exactly what he said to David here. That if there was someone who was following God's ways, following those decrees, following those laws, following those commands, if there was someone who was actually doing that, that there would be someone on the throne 
from David's legacy. Read that one more time with me. Verse 4. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made He made to me. He told me, if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, I'm going to throw this back on us. I'm going to throw this back on us. I'm going to say, so how are we living? Are we living as those who are really listening and following after God? I'm going to be honest. Sometimes it is not easy to follow after God. Sometimes this whole obedience thing is really hard to do. And I say that knowing that I'm the one that's making it hard. God's not making it hard. I'm the one making it hard. Right? There are times, and, and I've been around the block, I'm going to be honest, I've been around the block, I, I kind of know a little bit of what I'm talking about here, but there are times when those, those little sins come in, right? Those little things come in. It's just like the snake in the garden, when he kind of pops up and says to Eve, did God really say that you can't eat that apple? Yes, yes he did. But... He was so convincing. Did God really say that you you shouldn't do this? Did God really say you shouldn't do that? We are able to rationalize anything. And that's exactly what I've done. I've heard God's voice tell me, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, but do this, do this, do this. And I have made the, the choice myself whether I'm going to obey or not. And on those times when I have not obeyed, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't always go well. In fact, it doesn't ever go well. Right? There's no middle ground there. It, it does not go well. But those are choices that I've made based on the voice that I want to hear and the voice that I want to follow. In those, in those moments, I become one of those sheep who really doesn't know God's voice. Or if I do know God's voice, I'm one of those sheep who's not going to do what God is asking me to do. So where are you? Are you hearing the voice of that sneaky snake coming in there and, and, and you are going along with it anyway uh, yeah yeah I'll do it I'll do it it's okay I think I think I can get by with it I think it's not gonna do a lot of damage so yeah I'll go ahead and, and give it a shot are, are we those kind of people or are we the people who are actually going to do what God is asking us to do what is the benefit of us not listening and obeying think about that for a minute what is the benefit of not listening and obeying God Can you can you really can you really say that there are any benefits at all? I'm thinking thinking about my life here right now. Do I think that there are any true benefits of not obeying God? I can't think of any benefits. What I can remember is in my times of not following God, of my times of not obeying him, there was always this this fear that came over me, this guilt that came over me, this this hating of myself 
Maybe, maybe you have been there before. Maybe you have been there where you, you know what you should be doing and you aren't doing it. And like me, you don't even want to look at yourself in the mirror because you're disgusted with yourself. I have lived there for years. Those of you who know my story, you know that I had an addiction that I was dealing with for the longest time. I, I had these, the, the snake telling me all the time, it's okay. It's okay. Right? But it wasn't. And so I found myself in a position where I, I hated myself. I lived in a guilt. I lived in a fear. Oh, someone's going to get me. Someone's going to find out. That's not a good way to live. And I went, I went through years of that. You know, I'm, I'm happy to say that right now, I feel good. Why do I feel good? Because I'm listening to God's voice. I'm, I'm obeying God's voice. Now, does that mean that I'm perfect in everything I do? No, I still mess up. I'm going to be honest with you. I still mess up. But that, uh, that, that sin, that addiction, that, that rationale that I was giving before, uh, I'm going to be honest, I've, I'm not there now. i got to be careful. i got to be on guard just like everyone else because that snake is going to come right back. I mean, you might try uh, a, 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 something different. i got to keep on watch. But I, I love... How God redeems. Let's talk about that for a minute. Because maybe that's where we need to go with this message today. Maybe we need to talk about the goodness of God. See, because in those times when we do mess up. In those times when we do disobey. In those times when we're not listening. God is still there. And he's urging us to come back. He's urging us to turn around, to see our, our, to see the, 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 the unwise things that we've been doing and to lay it down and come back to him. So it makes the prodigal son such an awesome story. It says that when he came to his senses, when, when, the, when the son, who had taken his dad's money, his share of the, of the, of the, the, the loot there, he had gone off and he had squandered the money. Right? He, had, he had done the things, he had, he had lived the party lifestyle, maybe done some drugs, I don't know. He had just he lived this, this great, awesome party lifestyle, and then everything starts to run out. And then it says, he came to his senses. What a great phrase for Jesus to put in that story, as he's telling the people the prodigal son's life. When he came to his senses, he thought, ah, I can go back. And I can be a hired hand at my father's place. But when the father saw him, the father didn't make him a hired hand. The father brought him back in as a son. And not just as a son, but gave him some royal treatment there. Because there was a lesson that he needed to learn. And he had learned it. He had come to his senses. I just love that phrase. But he had come back to his senses. And in so doing, he was accepted back into the family as if nothing had happened. So maybe you haven't been listening. Maybe you haven't been obeying. You haven't been following. 
And God says, you know what, like the prodigal son, I'm standing here and I'm waiting for you to come back. I'm waiting for you to come home. So I would urge you to come to your senses. Come to your senses. Because he's waiting. He's waiting. He's going he's gonna to bring you back in. God is going to offer forgiveness to you. God is going to offer restoration to you. God is going to, going to love you back. And it's not going to be a problem for him. This is what he wants to do. He wants you to come back. He wants to, to, to shower his blessings on you. We talked about blessings uh, uh, Wednesday when we looked at Deuteronomy 28, right? The blessings that come from walking in God's ways. The blessing when you come in, the blessing when you go out, the blessing in everything you do, the blessing in your food, the blessing in your house, the blessing in everything. And he's ready to, to give those blessings back to you, but you need to come to your senses. Come. I'm begging you, come to your senses. And with that, I am saying God is right now waiting for you to come back so he can lavish his love on you. All you got to do is say, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry that I have not been walking in your ways. God, I'm sorry that I have not been listening to your voice. We gotta, we gotta say that, and then we gotta make that change. We gotta make that reversal where the things that we used to do, now we turn our back on and we don't do them anymore. Repentance. Repentance is a turn around from, from turning, uh, turning around in direction. And it's time for us to make that turning around in direction. If we've been going down the wrong path, it's time to stop. God, please forgive me for this and this and this. And I repent, I turn around, and I walk in the opposite direction, away from that sin that I have been involved in, away from that disobedience to your voice and your callings. Maybe this is what you need to do right now. It's what I had to do. Again, years and years of, of addiction, and I found myself in this broken place that says, I can't live like this. I hated who I was. I didn't want to be around anyone. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be around myself. If I could have removed myself from myself and moved somewhere else, I would have done it. Hated myself so much. But I came and I ran and I, and I asked God to forgive me came to my senses and he has restored me and so now every day I'm put with that same challenge am I going to listen to his voice am I gonna have that communion with him am I gonna follow his ways do what he's asking me to do and it's not so much I don't want you to get caught up in the fact that there's blessings there's there is blessings for following God's way that's just a promise that he's made but it's also about relationship. It's because God's not one of those tyrants up there saying, Ah, oh, you better do this or I will strike you down. God's not like that. God is a merciful God who gives chance after chance after chance for us to change because he loves us. God loves me. God loves you. When I was doing those things that were wrong, it sure didn't feel like God loved me. It felt like God was ready to strike me down with lightning bolts, shoot fire from his nostrils, whatever it might be. But I'm walking now in a freedom. I'm walking... I'm walking in a new love. 
God's love. I'm walking as a free man. And I'm walking in relationship. Think about it with your spouse, those of you who are married. You know your wife's voice. You know maybe your best friend. You know your best friend's voice. You know this and, and you have that relationship with them. God is asking for relationship with you. So again, don't look at it as, you know, hey, I'm going to get all these rewards just because I'm listening to God's voice. And it's not about just all the stuff we're going to get. It's about the relationship. Do you have a friendship with your friends because of what you're going to get from them? Do you have a relationship with your wife or your husband because of what you're going to get from them? Do you have a relationship because you want that intimacy, you, 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 you want that, that friendship, you, you're looking for that, right? It's not about what they can give you. In more cases, it's about what you can give them. And God, we can give God, believe it or not, we can give God stuff. We can give Him our heart. We can give Him our obedience. We can point our ears up there and listen to what He's saying and then walk in His ways. And that, that blesses Him. We can give that sacrifice of praise. And maybe that sacrifice of praise is simply just doing what He's asked us to do. So going back again to our text, and we'll wrap up here. Again, 1 Kings 2, looking specifically at verses 3 and 4. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. Keep those laws. Keep those decrees, the requirements. Do what God is asking you to do obey if you do this then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me and the, and the same with you God will keep the promise that he's made to you if you are walking in his ways you keep that pathway of blessing open but you keep that pathway of relationship open and here's what David says God said he told me if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. You will always walk in his blessings if you do what he is asking you to do. And if you have that relationship with him, if you, if you have that, uh, that, that relationship where when you mess up, you don't run away from the situation, you run back to God and say, I messed up. God, please forgive me. He's going to do it. He's faithful to his word that he will forgive you. He's looking for you. He's looking at your heart. Are you going to be one who follows after him? Are you going to be one who does what he's asking you to do? Are you going to tilt your head? Maybe, maybe clean out your ears if you need to. But tilt your head. Listen to his voice. Have that communication with him. And then move out in doing what he's asking you to do. That's what this whole, this whole last few trainings, these teachings have been about. 
us doing God's will, us listening to his voice and obeying. Are you going to do it? Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. My name is Dan, and I'll see you again soon.